Well, welcome to the Debt Matters Podcast, where we help Canadians find solutions to their debt with licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. I'm Wayne Kay. Today, we've got a great discussion regarding when's the best time to declare bankruptcy. You're probably feeling a lot of stress, and we don't want you to be stressed out. So, helping us with today, we've got Jillian Taylor Mancusi with LC Taylor, licensed insolvency trustee in Winnipeg. Jillian, thanks for being on the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, we always get into some great discussions because uh, obviously this is what you do. You talk about bankruptcies and consumer proposals and don't just talk about them, but you obviously help a lot of people uh, live more stress-free because, man, just the stress, the stress that people go through. I don't think we can really talk about that enough, can we? No, stress is a horrible thing. And when you have a, a lot of debt and, it, and you don't know how you're going to pay it, that's a lot of stress that's weighing on people. Yeah, that's a lot of sleepless nights and it causes, you can see how it that sleepless nights, the stress then causes marriage issues and people are angry and they're fearful and they don't know what to do. And if somebody's going through that, just know you're not alone. Lots of people go through this and we're going to learn about some of the different options on how to get out of it. First off, let's talk about when they walk into that office for the very first time. What is that first meeting like? During that first meeting, what we really want to do is figure out what this individual circumstances are for that person's situation. Everybody's situation is a little bit different. Sure, they're coming in because they have debt, but how much debt do they have? Who do they owe it to? Do they have any assets? What kind of income do they have coming in? When you take all of that information, then you can start to really look at their situation and what options are available to them to get that fresh start. Mm -hmm. So you go through all that information and then you say, here are a bunch of different options. So people need to understand you don't just walk in and all of a sudden, okay, we're going to file bankruptcy. No, that's not how it works. You get a bunch of different options. Now, what about emotionally from when they walk in? Because there's probably nervousness. Yeah. When somebody walks in the door, you can see they're nervous. They don't know what to expect. Um, in the past, there's been a lot of negative connotations out there about bankruptcies and trustees. So so you really can see a look of they're scared, really, is yeah. what they are. Um, and you can see that. So then you sit down and you talk to them and find out their situation and you find out what caused their financial difficulty. And a lot of times it's a lot of people just assume, oh, they can't manage their money, but that's not the case. You find out about people whose marriages have broken up or they have severe health problems. They're not able to work any longer or they've lost their job or their small business has gone under. So you really get to sense what their personal situation is and give them some options. And that leads to the best part of my job is because when I can find a solution for somebody and see that weight lifted off their chest and, you know, they'll start to laugh or they'll leave with a smile on their face, then you know that you've done your job. I love that. And I think that was the most important thing to be said is they walk in uh, with just severe stress. Nothing, nothing has changed just that they know that there's options and they realize that it's okay and you're there to help them. So let's talk about that. We've talked about consumer debt and how much money people are actually usually, I think it's the average is $50,000 in debt. Is that right? Yeah, uh, $50,000 according to the latest stats, which came out uh, for the 2019 year. 
which has actually gone down because in 2016, the average amount of debt people had when they filed was over 80,000. So people are really starting to understand that there are options out there and they don't have to let the debt continue to grow before they find options. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. What point do they actually make a phone call to figure out about declaring bankruptcy or maybe doing a consumer proposal? A lot of people will wait until they get collection calls or threats of uh, being garnished, uh, having their wages garnished. But really, people should contact us at that time when they realize, I don't think I'm going to be able to make this payment. Or, you know, I'm making the payments, but it's really tight. You know, buying groceries is tight because I have to make all these debt payments. That's when you should call the trustee because that point you might have more options than if you wait until the time where your wages are being garnished um, or you don't have any equity left in a property um, and and your your options start to diminish. When that happens, when somebody comes in to see you and they are not being, they're, they're not having their wages garnished, they're not getting the collection calls, but they're stressed out about the, the debt that's been growing and they're wondering about some options. Is there often times where you send them away where they say, you know what, okay, I, I now kind of have a little bit of a mini strategy that I can do and they don't have to do anything with you? Yeah, you know what, that happens a lot because what we can do is sometimes we can sit down with people and go through how much money they have coming in, what their expenses are, send them away to start keeping track of their income and expenses because you really need a good three months of expenses so that you can figure out a budget. And we're able to sit down and actually come up with a budget so that they don't have to file a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal because they're able to restructure how they're making payments to be able to pay off the debts. Oh, okay. Uh, Or sometimes there's enough equity in a property where maybe they could remortgage their property and pay off the debts. Things that people don't necessarily think about because they just have that worry and they just don't know what to do. Should they be touching things like RRSPs? Not before they talk to a trustee. And the reason I say that, for example, in Manitoba, where I am, RSPs are exempt from seizure. So what that means is if you were to go bankrupt, the trustee isn't able to cash out your RSPs. So you might have other options before you start cashing out your RSPs. RSPs are there for when you retire. And you'll be really happy when you retire that you did not cash out those RSPs. The other thing about cashing out RSPs is there's a good chance you're going to owe on your income tax because RSPs, when you get them, lower your taxable income. So there's a good chance that you might get an income tax refund. But the opposite's true when you cash it out because when you cash it out, the amount you cash out gets put on top of your regular income and you're likely to owe income tax on that. So there's other connotations that can happen if you cash out an RSP. Oh, okay. So that's really important to know because a lot of people will say, well, I need to make this uh, payment. And so I guess I'll just uh, borrow from the RRSP. Is that the same with the TFSA, tax-free savings account, uh, I guess, or can they seize the TFSA? Yeah. So a tax-free savings account is something that can can be, can be, can be seized. Um, there are different exemptions depending on how it's, it's invested for things like um, exemptions for cash on hand. Um, But you don't run into that same problem with income tax that you would with an RSP. Mm -hmm. So savings are a little bit different than an RSP. Gotcha. All right. How about uh, reaching out to family and friends and borrowing money? Is this a good idea? Definitely not. 
you don't want to borrow money from family and friends because if you're having to borrow the money to pay back your debts, there's a very good chance that you're not going to be able to pay back your family or friends. And if you end up in a situation where you end up in a bankruptcy and you owe your family and friends, they're creditors in your bankruptcy and you're not able to pay them while you're in bankruptcy. Yeah. So, so that you was... don't want to borrow from family and friends. Okay. If you're the family or friend and people are asking you to co-sign loans for them, you want to be careful of that because if somebody's having financial difficulty and you co-sign a loan for them and say they end up going bankrupt, well, the reason that they got a co-signer is because the financial institution didn't really know if they were able to pay that debt back. So if they go bankrupt, you're now going to be on the hook for paying that loan back. So if you're going to co-sign for somebody, make sure that you're able to make those monthly payments before you make the new co-sign, because if they can't, you're going to have to. I think most people would understand that, but I'm sure a lot of people think, well, no, that's fine because it's, it's your, it's under your name. I'm just co-signing that you're, that you can take care of it. But obviously that's wrong. Right. And people don't necessarily know what your financial situation is. Right. They might just think, oh, heck, they just need a co-signer. No big deal. But no, they need the co-signer because the financial institution doesn't necessarily think they can make those payments. And it's not like you know, like if you're in financial trouble, it's not like you're telling anybody. This is something that you're you're keeping to yourself. Um, but I think that was a really good point too, where you said if somebody's coming to you and asking you for money, let's say it's a family member, is that a now an open point where you can discuss what their financial situation is? Is it okay for me to pry? If they're asking you for money or to co-sign, then I think it's definitely fair game because like I said, it's going to come back on you if they're not in that position to pay it. So it is a touchy subject and most people won't ask. And that's how they end up in trouble if they have to come up with the money for a co-sign loan when somebody files a bankruptcy or a proposal. So call me heartless, but I, I'm a no person when it comes to this question. Um, <laughs> somebody was to come to me and say, unless it was my kids and... I know where they're at financially and there was something, you know, hey, can you help us buy a car or something? Maybe. But for the most part, no. And I, and I, the reason I say this is because I know somebody who lent money and he didn't have a lot. So he used his line of credit to help another guy get $10,000 who then couldn't repay his debt back to this person. And he ended up having to declare, I think he did a consumer proposal and the other guy kept the 10,000 bucks. Exactly. It's exactly the same situation. And, and you got to be careful because you said maybe if your kids asked. Well, maybe if your kids asked, you co-signed it. But what if they defaulted and they came to you? Could you afford those payments? Yes. You'll do a lot of things for your, okay, rhetorically, you'll do a lot of things, a lot of things for your kids because right. you want to always help out your kids, right? Yeah. It's kind of the rule of thumb. You always do things for your kids. But I think that's the hardest thing that I have to tell people is just because they're your kids doesn't mean that you have to go into financial difficulty for them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard. That's hard to do as a parent. I know a parent here locally that has uh, their child ended up with COVID and has a very severe case of it, was now not able to work and wanted to move home. And he said, we can't, we can't do it. We've got other kids. We've got other things going on. It's just not possible. And that person had to go figure it out on their own. But yeah, my friend was gutted that he had to them, do this. Yeah, if you can help them, great. By all means, help your kids out. 
but don't put yourself behind the eight ball because you want to help your kids. Do you see that happen a lot? Actually, we do see that a lot. Um, people will get loans um, to pay for things for their kids or help their kids out when they can't afford it themselves. Um, they're having a hard time buying their medication or buying their groceries, but yet they're sending money to their children to help them out. Whoa. Or sending Whoa. money to help their kids with school, which is great. Like everybody wants their children to have a great education, but it shouldn't be to your detriment. Right. Okay, so that's an important thing for us all to learn. As you said, to our detriment, it's okay if you have extra cash after I put away my money for my retirement and everything else is taken care of. Then if I need to help out a little bit, I can. Right, exactly. Hmm. Okay, that's good. Don't be a nice person, but do, do it if you can afford it. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure that would be a miserable discussion for a lot of family members to say no. Yeah, it's really hard for parents and grandparents to say no. Because it's, you're, you're, they, they feel like they're saying, oh, well, you know, I don't love you. I don't care. But that's not really it. Mm-hmm. They're saying, I do love you and I do care, but I can't help you. Okay, so that's a that's a deep one. I think it, it emotionally it would be hard on a lot of people, as we just talked about. Uh, what else do we need to know regarding uh, when the best time is for declaring bankruptcy? Let's say you start getting these collection calls. Your debts are now in collections. Are there still options at that point? Yes, definitely. Um, as soon as you file something like a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, there's something called a stay of proceedings that goes into place. What that means is that nobody can sue you, garnish your wages, or take any other collection practices against you. And that's immediate as of the filing of the bankruptcy or the proposal. Um, So if you're getting collection calls or you um, got a statement of claim that your creditors are taking you to court, um, what they're trying to do is get a judgment against you. Once they get that judgment against you, then they can go back to court and apply for a garnishment order. Um, so once they start to garnish you, they can take 30% of your gross wages. So that's a big chunk of money that comes up off right off the top. So if you file a bankruptcy or proposal, that stay of proceedings goes into place automatically. So definitely if you have a collection call coming in, then you might want to talk to a trustee because it just starts to escalate from there. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you start getting those kinds of high pressured phone calls, cause they're, they're not always polite. No. Collection agents tend to work on commission. So if they can get you to pay, well, that's how they get paid. So um, sometimes they're they're a little ruthless to try and force you to pay so that they can get paid. Mm-hmm. But there are rules about how they can contact you, I believe. There are rules, um, but it doesn't take the stress off when you're getting numerous phone calls a day or they're starting to call you at work. Even though there are rules, doesn't mean that sometimes they just don't push the push the line a little bit. So if all of a sudden uh, the person's getting garnished wages, that 30%, ouch, because that now what are you going to do? Because you couldn't afford to make the payments beforehand. Now all of a sudden you're losing 30%. Is Will that, when, when I reach out and we start that consumer proposal, will that stop that 30% from being garnished as well? Yes, that stops automatically. Really? So even though in a proposal, um, what you're doing is you're, proposing a debt settlement to your creditors, they get 45 days to vote on that. 
that stay of proceedings goes into place right on day one when you file. So your that stay takes place that whole 45 days until you know what's happening with your proposal. Oh, okay. That's great to know. And then what happens after 45 days? 45 days is when the votes are up. So basically the reason it's called a proposal is you're proposing it to your creditors and they get the opportunity to vote on whether or not they accept it. Okay. If they accept it, it's legally binding on them. If they vote against it, what we'll do is call a creditors meeting and try and negotiate something else out. And at that 45 day mark, that's when we count all the votes. Gotcha. Okay. That makes perfect sense. I love how you just make people feel better about debt. Debt is such a scary topic, but yet you sound so good with all the different options that are there. That's the thing. There are options. So people shouldn't be scared or worried because we can most often find a solution that's going to put them back on a fresh start. Terrific. And of course, we keep uh, telling people that you can always reach out for the uh, very first meeting. And that one is often complimentary. Always. And if you know, it takes a couple of meetings even. Um, we want to make sure that you understand your options and that you pick the best option for you because you don't want to pick an option that's going to keep, you know, cash flow tight and keep you stressed out. You want an option that's going to get you back on your feet. So if it takes more than one, it takes more than one. I love it. Jillian, thank you very much for all the information on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. Well, that's Jillian Taylor Mancusi from LC Taylor, Licensed Insolvency Trustee in Winnipeg. If you want to learn more or schedule that free consultation with LC Taylor, you can head over to lctaylor.com. And that's it for today's Debt Matters podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And of course, for more information, you can always check out debtmatters.ca. Thanks so much for listening. <music>